0: Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. All right, welcome everybody. We'll have more time for fellowship. A little coffee, empanada afterwards. Hopefully you'll hang around. Thank you for being here on uh, time change spring forward uh, Sunday. I don't know about y'all, but my alarm went off and it was dark, and it was uh, it was a little tough this morning. But it's all good, right? Get into the transition. Um, welcome everybody online, and uh, thank y'all for being here. Those of you visiting back for a season, um, thanks for being here. We. Uh, a couple announcements before I dive in. Almost dove in there. Um, first of all, uh, I think most of you have heard, if you've read the paper, our dear Marion Melville went to be with the Lord on Friday, um, which uh, is a yay, yes. Um, 93, I think. Um, and uh, those of you who know Marion's been here, uh, Ralph and Marion did the Mountain Chalet, just kind of really pioneers, foundational members of this community. Um, Marion, if you know her, she's Mother Teresa, just an unbelievably godly woman, and um, she was ready to go to be with her Lord, and uh, we rejoice, um, obviously, that she's with the Lord now, and we stand upon that incredible hope, right, for of eternal life, that as we, the song we sang, right, was the grave had, no longer has a hold on us if we know Jesus, um, that is our hope. We do not sorrow like the world uh, has sorrow, because we have the rock-solid faith and understanding what Jesus has done for us yes. and what He has prepared for us. Right? So um, they uh, nothing's firm yet. Um, there will be a massive celebration, obviously, an outpouring of this community. Possibly, though, around Easter weekend, we'll see um, what they uh, all kind of land on. But uh, just wanted, to, and I think it was in the paper yesterday or Saturday, whenever or Friday. Um, Other thing, those of you interested in what we are doing mission-wise and globally as well as church planting partnership-wise, our monthly meeting is this Tuesday night, 5.30 right here upstairs. Uh, If you just want to hear come and and hear what's going on. uh, Come on and be a part of that, uh, the larger reach of, of the uh, Great Commission that Jesus gives us to be, uh, make disciples of all nations, right? To be involved with the world. So that's this Tuesday night. Colin Borkvick's in the house, uh, all the way from, uh, Mal- or I almost said Malaysia. That was a long time ago, uh, from Thailand. And um, so glad. Welcome back. And uh, we'll uh, be excited to get some updates on Tuesday. Um, let's see. Offering. Offering. Um, worship through giving the boxes are back there in the back appreciate everyone uh obviously that's part of our worship so those opportunities to give back there as well as online and I think that is it as far as um, the announcements again talk to us folks if you want to get involved we've got all kinds of groups discipleship uh, going on um, please talk. Just love to get you connected. Uh, obviously, more, most of the, most Sundays, right after this, during this school season, we have a, a parenting class going on in here that is going amazing, by the way. But today, the parents. And all the kiddos are out on buttermilk skiing. So they will take off after um, church if you are here and you want to uh, take your kids and go join. At noon, they're going to gather right there by the lift and close to Home Team Barbecue for a picture and just to connect with everybody. Uh, But that's where they'll be this afternoon um, after church. Uh, Also, we'll have discovery time. Let Brian tell you about that a little bit later um, in the service. Um, All right, so if you've been with us, we have been in this um, series, if you can put that up for me there, um, not just human. We've been going through 2 Corinthians chapters 3, 4, 5, and we'll end in 6. Uh, this morning we're going to be in chapter 5. Uh, again, actually, the same verses, 16 through 21, that we looked at last week. But we're going to look at this issue of, um, uh, well, actually, no, that's not what we're looking at. Um, That's last week's slides. But, um, so maybe we can find this week's slides. That's good. Throw me for a loop here. But this week, um, we're going to look at this issue of how, how can we exceed human limitations? Ever thought about that? How can we exceed our human limitations? And why is that a big, why is that just a big deal? Um... Again, all of history, folks, right, is about that. Mankind is constantly striving to exceed our limitations, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it may be. And we're striving for that. And, um, and obviously today, it's mainly through science, technology, AI, everything. We're just on this quest, right, to exceed our lim- limitations. And uh, the question is why? right why why is it built into us to exceed right our limitations um just a little side note when have you exceeded your human limitation physically emotionally spiritually um and how have you accomplished that um But there's some limitations, right, that we should constantly, no matter what we're trying to accomplish, we should always hit a wall. And mankind has always hit a wall. No matter what we do, we can only go so far. We can only, uh, right, breach so many limitations. And um, we all, right, still in the midst of endless war and trauma, long for peace, don't we? Mankind has no ability to bring lasting peace. Now, that that might seem depressive, but I know we're to work for peace. But can we really usher peace in? Um, If you think so, I'd ask you to listen this morning. In the history of this world, we had not even come close. We get little times of light, little times of great effort that we put into it. But as we've always said, until the heart's changed, right, nothing's really changed. We all long for love, don't we? I mean, who doesn't long for love at the core of our being in the midst of radical brokenness, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of pain, in the midst of fragmentation, in the midst of betrayal, right? In the midst of all, just go in the list of things. We long for love. Man, it's tough, isn't it? Mankind in our own power, are we able to really usher in Love. Uh, We talk a lot about it. Um, And it just seems like the more as a culture talks about love, it almost seems like it gets worse, doesn't it? Um, Because we're confused. We don't know what love is. That's a whole other, right, topic. What about friendship? Don't we long for friendship in the midst of, and let's just speak today, of uh, incredible isolation, right? Incredible paralyzing loneliness. Um, We long for friendship. You know people. You might be that way listening this morning. If not, you know people who are paralyzed, who are lonely people. They might have all kinds of people around them, but they're lonely. No one really knows them, or they're not really known. They're lonely. We long for friendship, every one of us, right? Um... And the problem as we think about this idea of our trying to exceed our human limitations is is we really run into a a wall when it comes to being righteous, holy, godly. Um, Why does the world never pursue those things? Ever, Ever think about that? Why does the world never consumed about being righteous or holy Or godly. And the whole Bible, right, is here as God's love story, right, to come and do what obviously we can't do for us and to reconcile um, the world to Himself through Jesus um, and to fix this righteousness problem. Um, I, I think part of the problem is just what hit me this week in looking at this text again is um, how much time I spend thinking about what man does, or man can do, what I can do, versus what God has done, and what God can do. And folks, that's the shift of faith. And honestly, here's the importance of the church gathered together, not just on Sundays, but in all the smaller groups as well, is we regularly need to gather together to reset our lives on God and what He has done, what He can do, what He promises to do, and to get our minds right off of what we can do, what man can do, right? What we're wrestling with. Um, that is critical, right? If we're going to um, embrace all that, that God has for us, right? Is to just reset and um, I hope that that's what we can do here this morning. Just, let's just move into time of reset. Lord, I'm going to talk a little bit about this morning, just the false gospel, the things that can lead us astray, but mainly I want to take us to the glory of God and what He's done in reconciling us to Himself and why this ministry of reconciliation is so important and why it is the only thing that can truly have us exceed our human limitations to, in the totality of our being and in the totality of the world ultimately is to be reconciled to God. And I ask you this morning, are you reconciled to God? Are you reconciled to his people? To his family? And Paul, as we're going to see here, he, just, he implored, he used all these deep, this deep language to the church, be reconciled to God reset your mind on what he has done and let that right be what motivates and moves and changes us right on on the inside and so with that said let me just pray for us we're going to dive in i'm going to just pick up in verse 16 of chapter 5 of second corinthians and we'll go through uh the first part of chapter 6 this morning father um come lord make your word lord come alive Holy Spirit, may I I not get in the way, Lord. We need to hear from you, your truth, your word. Holy Spirit, we need your power to move and to convict us, to awaken us, to rock us. Lord, to open heaven to us, Lord, to manifest your presence to us, to overwhelm us, Lord, with what you've done for us. Lord, to just... Open our eyes to what it is to be a new creation. Lord, I pray that you'll move. And you'll reveal yourself in a very personal way to us. That you'll come in saving power this morning, Lord. And reconciling power. May we listen to you and heed your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. All right. No, we're good. We're good. This is all good. This is all part of the plan here that we will uh, just have me just kind of go off the fly here. So never know what you're going to get this morning. It won't be what was on there. So uh, that's probably just what needs to happen, right? Yes. As soon as you start praying, Lord, Holy Spirit, just come and lead. Show me what it is to be led by you. And then He just kind of will chuck you out into a situation where you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 5. Folks, this is the Word of God here. Let us have ears to hear what He says. From now on, church, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you, church, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake, he, the Father, made Him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Man. The Lord's Word. The Word of God. Alright. A couple things here. This uh, Many have said that if you want kind of a little capsule of how to define the Gospel... These are some of the best verses in Scripture. Just giving you a, here's the gospel. Here's the good news. Here's what Jesus has done. Here's what the Father's done. Right? Has reconciled our, us through Jesus to himself. That's God's purpose. That's his love. And not just us. He's, through Christ, reconciling the world. And on top of that, how's he doing that? Through you. Through his children. He has given his church, he's given you, if you know him, the ministry of Reconciliation through you, through us, right? To bring people to Christ, to get them reconciled in a relationship where they were enemies with God, they were removed from God, to be friends with God through the grace, right, of Jesus. So a couple things. I mentioned uh, the false gospel, and folks, the false, false gospel is a prevalent I think today in our cultural culture more than um, I've ever uh, at least in my lifetime um, in our culture in our nation and so I just want to go over a couple things you've seen our diagram before um, which maybe that's on the old slides here let's just see maybe Kim oh give me some power here Uh, uh. well if you can find the one the little sketch diagram maybe just pop that up so, um, the first one is the, I'm going to call it the intellectual gospel. And we're made up of mind, right, body, we've got our heart, our souls made up of mind, emotion, and will, right? And, uh, boy, this intellectual gospel, it had a grip on me for, for years, it still is tempting, right? And what this means is that I actually, um, in my mind, in my intellect, I try to figure everything out. The gospel is intellect. is what I know. It's gnosis. It's the amount of knowledge right, that I have. Thank you. And, um, and that's part of my soul. So with my mind, right, it just stimulates me to know uh, more about God. And, I, and we spend time just learning more about God. And, and folks, we've said all the time, you can learn all about God and miss God completely. You can serve God, even in power, the scripture says, and miss God. That's the intellectual gospel. Um... That's a false gospel. And let me just say, that gospel will not save you. It can't save you. Miss out on the, on the privileges of, of what God has for us. The other one, we're made up of mind, emotion, and will, is the therapeutic gospel. This is real popular today. And this is where it's all about my emotion, it's all about my feelings, it's all about uh, affirming how I feel about myself, right? And this is um, self-love, this is self-formation. The gospel, of therapeutic gospel is one about, right, blending with the world, it's about, man, how, I gotta go get some time, I gotta get some me time, I gotta, it's about me, it's about how I feel, it's about my health. It's just this total inward thing where my emotions lead and the gospel becomes just really another self-help thing out there to build me up about, make me feel good, make me feel loved. Uh, That gospel will not save anyone. It will leave them in bondage to themselves and um, will keep us from the glorious true gospel, Right? The other one is will at the bottom. Um, and this would be just, we've got a lot of things, but just the works gospel. We all know what that's all about, right? Is that um, it's the idea of self-control. It's the idea of self-willing things. It's self-help. I can help myself. It's it's embracing any an opportunity out there that, help, that helps myself. And it teaches me to use the power of self to make changes in my life. That actually works against the gospel where we're reliant on the Spirit of God. Because if I teach you how to use yourself, your own will, your own mind, your own emotions to make life better for you, all I've done is fortified self in your life. And actually that's a bigger barrier in your life um, to learn how to lean in and be dependent on the Holy Spirit right, to come in and radically transform your life. Um, So those are three that are prevalent today. Another one is just, we'll call it the cheap grace gospel. Um, And if I read on, chapter 6, it says, working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now that doesn't mean to neglect God's grace. It doesn't mean to deny it. It actually means right to believe it, but just to miss out on all the profit. To miss out on all the blessings of the gospel. To miss out on the grace of God. Saying you believe it, but you miss the power in it. The transforming power. You miss the intimate walk and the blessings of what the scripture should be ours. That is receiving grace in vain. And Paul says, Church, don't receive this in vain. Let it work itself out. There should be an impact, right? A a change in in our life, right? For that. And that would be, and this is nothing new under the sun, right? Just cheap grace. Um, That gospel will not transform anyone. Um, But there is a gospel. The gospel. There's the greatest news in all the world um, that has come to reconcile and made the way that I can be reconciled to God, my Creator. And God's at work. You go to Ephesians chapter 1. This is God's big work in all of history to reconcile the world back to Himself. To unite everything in heaven and earth again together. That's what God's been doing. He's been at work. And His work right now begins with, right, redeeming our hearts, saving us, bringing His Holy Spirit into our heart to transform and to bring His righteousness, right, alive um, inside us. And again, verse 21 here should be core to any believer, right, if you have, have Scripture on your heart, but, right, to know that, um, verse 21, that for our sake, the Father, right, put on Jesus what we deserved. Jesus who knew no sin. And why did he do that? So that we could become the righteousness of God and be reconciled into fellowship with God. So we could exceed the limitations of this fallen body, mind, soul, entire being and and rise above the power of self Jesus said, "If you're going to follow me, you have to deny self." Right, and God's the one who provided the way. But man, all those things I just mentioned, right? It doesn't our mind just kind of moves against that because we want to earn something. We need to. We fight faith with our mind. We have to understand it before we believe it. Uh, That's not faith. That's science. Uh, emotions, right? Our emotions, isn't it hard? I mean, emotions might be the toughest part of this that, man, I've got all this thought and and I just want to justify my emotions, right? I want to justify how I feel. You made me feel this way, right? Rather than submitting to God and having the fruit of the Spirit come and take over, right? Realize, man, my emotions are all, they're out of control. I, I need the Spirit of God, not myself, right? bring emotional health and there is no spiritual health without emotional health those two go together or will again just the fighting against the gospel right as i said earlier is we just we're gonna we need to earn this thing we need to do something right because we all feel like there's this sense right built into us i got to do something to to earn this the idea of of god do, receiving something by faith that i did nothing to receive is just foreign isn't it just radically foreign. And so, let me uh, throw this statement out. Um, see if I can remember it from my text, but because uh, I think it's just so wonderful um, about the gospel. I want to hone in here um, this morning in my great limitation, the best I can to just uh, break down for you what God has done for us through Jesus in reconciling us to Himself and imputing the righteousness of Christ right to, um, to our hearts. God did not deal with us according to our sin. He dealt with Jesus according to our sin. God did not deal with me, He did not deal with you according to your sin, my sin. He dealt with us, He dealt with Jesus according to our sin. He thrust on Jesus what I deserved so that I could have what Jesus freely gives which is the righteousness of God. Now we should just be able to just camp out in that overwhelming thought because it goes against everything I've just mentioned about a false gospel. It goes against everything that you will hear in the culture and the world, period. So here's the question for us this morning to think about. Um, what do you think that the job or the position or the task that has the highest qualifications? what's the job, the vocation that has the highest qualifications in all the world, or the task or a job? What job has the highest qualifications of any job out there? No uh yeah, nuclear physicists, ah that's yeah, no doubt. No doubt, if I'm an astronaut, I want a, some really qualified. Who is it? who What job requires the highest qualifications? President. President, that's oh, I'm tempted to say some things I'm not going to go down that line. You tried to suck me in. You tried to suck me in this morning. Yes. Not going to go there. <laughs> um, the highest qualifications. What do you think? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that what Jesus said? The Sermon on the Mount? Pretty, pretty hard. Mother. Somebody say, Mother? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That gets my vote. You know, I praise, brings yeah. Amen. Yeah, but lead back to that. What did Jesus say? He left the Sermon on the Mount and he says, Now, folks, go and be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. No higher qualification. Go be perfect. Go be righteous. Go be holy like God is. That was Jesus' message. He left it there. He didn't like coddle them and say, oh, but but we're gonna, I'm gonna take care. He left it for people to be in shock and awe. To come to the point of How is that possible? And to cut through, right, everything that the world, right, uh, achieves with all of our science and sending a person to the moon and and all that's amazing, isn't it? What man can do through science. It's nothing to God. He comes to this world and says, you'd be perfect. If you're going to walk with me, you'd be perfect. You'd be righteous. You'd be holy and it should raise the question how is that possible and it should be a question folks that we that grips us that as folks who, who, who host this great ministry of reconciling people to a holy God, that we come to them and that somehow God in His love allows us to cut right through all the, all the good works, all the, those false gospels, all the worldly idea that we really are progressing and improving mankind somehow to, well, all oh, that sounds great, but how about being perfect? How about being righteous and holy? How are you doing with that? Do you think that's possible? Right? There's only one way it's possible. Folks, you realize how glorious the gospel is? God has made that possible for anyone, anywhere. He's made it possible through Jesus. The hardest, most incredible qualification is available to you and to anyone who will receive it by grace. Jesus will impart His righteousness to you. And He'll make you right and righteous to have a a restored, right, reconciled relationship with God again. That should be overwhelming. So let's go a little deeper. Why do we need a gospel? Why do we need to be righteous? Well, and that's what people are going to ask today is why do we need why do I need my sins forgiven all right why do we need that and here this is I need you to listen to me we're going to go a little theologically deep here but this is where that is missing in much of the gospel today especially in the cheap grace gospel there's one reason why the main core reason um we need righteousness we need a gospel today Is because God will condemn sin. He has and He will because He is just. And we know this because in this world, when we see great injustices, right, especially the younger generation that's so uh, caught up in social justice, right, what is driving that is is this desire for justice. When we see injustice, we want things made right. Well, how's that going to happen? For God to be just and holy, he cannot just kind of overlook something. And his word is clear from the beginning, he will deal with sin. Your sin and my sin, one way or the other. He must bring his justice, his condemnation, his wrath upon the injustices and the sin of the world. Now many people, where the false gospel goes today is we talk about the love of God. We miss the wrath of God. Please listen carefully to me. The love of God never does away with the wrath of God. These two go hand in hand and they perfectly crossed the cross of Christ. The wrath of God and the love of God go together because God, to be fully loving, He must be just. This doesn't cancel this. They work together always. And in God's incredible love is an incredible economy. Why we need a gospel is because how else is God not going to condemn the whole world and each of us? And when He brings us justice, who's going to be able to stand? Only those who've received the righteousness of God through Jesus. It's at that cross that it says that He thrust on His Son On the cross, all the wrath, all the condemnation of my sin, your sin, past, present, and future, as it says, all He did not count our trespasses against us. Because He put them on the perfect sacrifice, Jesus who knew no sin, and He took them... At the same time that love of God and wrath of God came together in this incredible moment that defeated the power of death, defeated the power of the law in our life, defeated defeated the power of sin in our life, setting us gloriously free. That's why we need a gospel. And folks, that is one main reason why today people are not hungry for God or not wrestling with their place before God or uh, what's going to happen in eternity before God because we have watered, mushed everything down. We never talk about the consequence of my sin, of this life, of not being able to be perfect. That limitation, nobody is able to go and be holy and righteous. Well, the Pharisees did a good show, didn't they? Didn't go well for them. And we do as well. And the reason why is because not until those who've been given this glorious ministry of reconciliation start engaging the world with the love of God and being overwhelmed to tell people, let me tell you what I deserve, but because of the grace of God, what He's done for me how He saved me, how He's forgiven me, how He doesn't, uh, you know, sin, guilt, shame, all these deep things washed away, right, clean. People are not going to start, especially in our culture, getting hungry for God and, um, and, and, and even contemplate holiness or righteousness, any of these things, and start asking deeply about their soul until someone comes to them in love, right, with the full gospel. And starts pleading, imploring them to be reconciled to a holy God who is going to bring justice in this world one day. But He has made a way, He has made a glorious way through His Son that we can stand free from all of that, right? That's pretty amazing good news, isn't it? And so folks, never... In hearing from the world, right, especially this gospel is, there is a false gospel It is permeating everywhere that is shoving under the rug any idea of the wrath of God or the condemnation of God, that there's a consequence to sin. And just talking about this mushy love, you'll find that nowhere in there. That is a strong message against, right, what God has done for us. His great love in sending His Son who took that condemnation for us. That we might have the righteousness of God. Does that make sense, folks? Does that make sense? Now, the amazing thing not only not only has He given to us free, but He also, as it says, that He has reconciled us to Christ through Christ to Himself. But in the process, He gives us the ministry of reconciliation, and He says two things: He gives us the message of reconciliation, and He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. And those must work together. They're, this idea that, oh, I'm just going to, you know, do good works. I'm just going to be an example. Folks, I'm sorry, but that's not the Christian way. There's always a message. It, and I mean, old, I, everybody loves going to, what is it, Francis, you know, um, what does it say? Uh, you know, what's the old saying? Francis Assisi, uh, um, I preach the gospel all the time, and if necessary, use words. I'm sorry, that's just not biblical. It's not biblical. That's pretty harsh to talk about friends but it's not biblical at all. You'll find it nowhere in the scripture where we are called to just if necessary use words we're commanded with a message. With the logos, with the word of God, the message of reconciliation always. And the reason why today is because we've fallen into that kind of, you know, uh works-based thing where we think now people need to hear. Romans 10 says we don't faith comes by hearing the word of God. People are reconciled to God when you and I share what God's done for us with them, the message of the cross to them. And the ministry of that word ministry is the word like deacon is we're serving them in the in the midst of giving them this glorious message, we're serving and loving them in this ministry of trying to connect them to God, to reconcile them to God. And here's the amazing thing, folks. I mean, uh, God uses some really, really broken people to carry out His amazing work. Who's broken? Who's broken? (laughs) Right? Right? there's a few of you out there I want to talk to Um, you he uses broken people to share his grace and what he's done to reconcile people back to himself he uses some incredibly broken people, some incredibly people who've gone, thrust themselves in, away from God deeply and brings them back to Him, reconciles them. And folks, that's our story that we're to tell people is, let me tell you what God's done for me. This is the way I was. I was an enemy with God. I was a hater of God and da-da-da. And now His grace, His love has overshadowed me and now this is when, please, be reconciled to God. His mercy, is grace is available to you in a powerful way, right? Now, one last thing here is what God has done for us is, folks, He hasn't just forgiven my rap sheet. This is real important. We all have a rap sheet, you know that? I mean, some of us, it might be on record somewhere, but who cares what earthly record courthouse it's on is there's the courthouse of God that all of our rap sheet's on and it's full of everything that no one has seen or heard because it's even our thoughts. That's a radical thought, isn't it? But scripture's real clear on that. He's God. He knows everything. We all have a rap sheet. It's not that he just forgives and rips that up. That's true. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord, right? But there's something even more that happens at the cross. It's what caused that rap sheet. He doesn't condemn us because just of the. It's not my sins that we need a gospel and we need forgiveness. It's sin. It's what's in here. It's my sin nature. It's who I am as a child of Adam, as someone born into this world. It's who I am. It's my flesh. It's my sin nature that has to be covered. And it's that sin nature, right, that that moves. It's the self, right, selfishness, and that moves me to sin and reject God. That's the core aspect of my identity, of who I am as a child born in this world, alienated from God, is He takes and He reconciles that orphan spirit, that orphan running from Him, and He makes me a new creation. He covers that doesn't hold it against us. He makes me a friend when I was an enemy. He reconciles me. My identity was this. My identity now is a child of God. He's made me a new creation. As verse 17 says, and all things are new. The old has passed away. My identity, who I was, right in under condemnation, alienated from God. And He's put me into the house of God, as a child of God. That's pretty awesome, huh? So it's not just my rap sheet. It's my very identity who I am before I meet Him. That's what He covers. That's the magnitude of the gospel, what He's done. What God has done. And the change is going to come, folks, when we start just putting our mind on Him. What God has done. Thinking about His glory of His gospel. Right? What He's done. And being overwhelmed with, wow, God... You, you want to use me? You want to give me the ministry of reconciliation? You want to use me to love people, to reconcile people to you? And he's saying, yes, 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 and yes. Because he wants, the way he's doing that in the world is, is you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know theology. You just need to know him and you know what he's done for you. You need to know he's saved you. He's reconciled you to God, to himself. And he asks us to be a witness, which is we're to proclaim to others, man, let me tell you how gracious God is. Let me tell you again who I was, and this is what Paul did all the time. Let me tell you who I was. And Let me tell you, after that Damascus rose, let me tell you what God has done for me. And Paul would be the first to say he couldn't earn it, he didn't do anything, God graciously, Jesus met him, shined his light on his soul tore the veil so that heaven could open up and Paul could actually see the glory of Jesus, right? And his incredible grace for him in and, and turn, right, and went that way. And So that's what God is inviting us to do. The other thing in this passage that shocked me, I'd never kind of thought about it before, was, you know, you think about be reconciled to God. He says, we implore you, be reconciled to God. He's speaking to the church. I've always taken that like, wait, that's the message for people who aren't reconciled. That's to the Corinthians. That message for Paul and Timothy is to the Corinthians. Corinthians. Church. Be reconciled to God. Weed out of your life this false mushy gospels that are out there. Right? Get right. I know be refreshed. Be reset in the grace of God and what He's done for you. And again, realize He's made you the one to bear the message of reconciliation and the ministry of reconciliation to take that out He wants to use you to bring other children into the kingdom. Be reconciled to God. And obviously what was going on between Paul and the church was there needed some reconciliation between the leaders and the congregation. Be reconciled. There needed to be some serious reconciliation as people in the church were following and and there was divisions and all kinds of things. Be reconciled to God so you can be reconciled to each other. That's the message. Be reconciled to Him so we can be reconciled right to each other. And so, Derek, if y'all come on up. Um, I hope that's about the best I can do, folks, to... to uh, you got something? Tom? Yeah? Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We don't we want everybody to hear. Yeah. Uh, after listening to you today, let me go back to your original question. The definitive answer to your original question would be preacher. Hmm. Because God gives you the ability to stand up there and teach us hmm. his will, what he wants us to do. And that was, that was a beautiful sermon, by the way. Yes. And it tells us exactly exactly you know that all our sins are forgiven all the other things but the ability for you to stand up there and teach all of us and then for us to go out and be his disciples and teach other people so the definitive answer is preacher Mm, oh man well I tell you and who's the preacher? right? we're all preachers folks of the kingdom and um And that's an overwhelming thought, isn't it? No higher qualification that Jesus has called us to. Go be perfect. But I want to add, just in closing, one thing to this. Because I was thinking about this. Because you hear this all the time. It's so true, right? That God uses broken people to accomplish His will and amazing things. Well, that's true for all of us, right? And it just shows the magnitude of His grace and what He does, right? But I want to go a step further because that's not where this text ends, He just doesn't use broken people to do His work, the ministry of reconciliation, but you know what? He uses broken people to become new creations. He wants you to be like Him in His ministry, but in His righteousness. That's possible. Not by my effort, not by your effort, but for you to be like Jesus, for you to be something other than human. By the power of the Spirit of God, He wants you to be a new creation, the righteousness of Christ. That's why we reset here, to push each other on and to lean in because it's impossible, folks, unless the Spirit of God gets a hold of your soul. Does that make sense? Yes. It's pretty awesome, right? Right? And folks, this is what we need to be shouting from the mountaintops. It's what the world desperately needs. And this is a rescue mission. The Ministry of Reconciliation, it's a rescue mission, right? People are dying away from God. And when we, the church, comes alive to realize, man, we're on a rescue mission. When you know somebody's dying and is going to die, it changes how you respond to them. It changes how you love them. It changes how you serve them, right? That's what needs to come alive, folks. For the sake of Christ and his great love, right, for what he's done for us. So, Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, move. Father, I pray for myself, Lord. Let me get my eyes on you, Jesus. Father, what you've done. Lord, overwhelm us with your love this morning. Bring conviction, Lord. And, Father, the message is out there for the taking. Who wants to be saved? Who this morning wants to be reconciled to God? Who has relationships that that you need reconciled? Be reconciled to God first and trust Him to come and move towards those relationships. Jesus prayed we'd all be one. Only way that's possible is through the ministry of reconciliation i ask you this morning, just with your head bowed, do you want to be reconciled to God? Maybe you're here this morning and you're just unsure of your faith. I ask you this morning, do do you want to receive Jesus? Do you want to be reconciled to know absolutely that you know Him? And receive his amazing grace. And to have the assurance that you're his child. Do you want that? Does anybody want that here this morning? Now, oh, Spirit, move forward. And he loves us more than we'd ever imagine. Are you reconciled to God? Don't leave here. Without doing business with God. Knowing that you're right with him. You have to receive it by faith. rest in Him and uh, as the Lord leads come to this table but don't come to this table unless you know your heart is reconciled with God through Jesus let His Spirit into your heart and control your heart